713, quickly to Captain Michael Glasser, president of Pano. Talk about the problems with the Public Integrity Bureau officers choosing to leave NOPD. And, and Captain, first of all, good morning to you. Good morning, Tommy. How are you? I'm okay. Uh, I guess happy Valentine's Day. I hope you have a nice one if, you know, whatever. I feel awkward telling you that. But anyway, um, let's talk about um, this Channel 4 story I saw about now bonuses somehow being uh, retention bonus payments in limbo. The attorney general saying something about they can't start until July. Talk about all of that, if you will. Well, I don't know if I'd call it limbo, but the attorney general's opinion is that, according to the Home Rule Charter, our pay, our meaning NOPD pay, is governed by civil service commission approval followed by city council approval. Well, civil service approved it in March of last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the city council didn't approve it till July 21, and according to the attorney general's opinion, that that bonus cannot be paid until one year from the time city council approved it, and that would be July 21. So the earliest that it can be paid, according to the attorney general, is July 21. So what happens now? What would what effect would that have on NOPD? Would officers hang around? I know you talked about fearing a mass exodus in March when these bonuses drop, but if that happened in July, are officers still going to hang around, or are they going to say, this is crazy, I'm leaving? Well, that's a good question. That remains to be seen. Um, you know, we were concerned that people would certainly go through Mardi Gras, and then when they got the bonus in March, we, we saw we'd see a, a lot of people perhaps leaving. I think that still may be the case. I think we're going to see some. I think we're down 14 people since the first of the year anyway at this point. Uh, but we're going to have to wait and see what happens with that. But if you remember, we've been talking about this quite some time. What has been driving officers away, for the most part, has been issues with PIB. Oh, yeah. And that's the next topic, you know, is when when this all comes up now, is that going to drive more people away, or is the repair going to try to keep people here? And that's what we're looking to see. Explain for uh, the listeners, Captain, if you will, what's going on with PIB. Well, so that everyone understands, uh, the way it works is when when the uh, PIB, which is our Internal Affairs Division, receives a complaint of misconduct, they have 14 days to decide if it's something they need to investigate or not. Once they make that decision in 14 days, they have 60 days to investigate it. If it's a if it's a rule violation, administrative criminal cases have no time limit mm-hmm. whatsoever. But a, a rule violation, they have 60 days, or they can apply for an extension for another 60 days for a total of 120. Sometimes, in order to avoid that, getting that extension, they circumvent the law. And what they do is because when they ask for an extension, there is a the officer is entitled to a hearing, and the officer learns that there is an investigation ongoing at this point. So to avoid that from happening and getting the extension, they just circumvent the law and they send a special investigation squad out to investigate. And they investigate it for however long they feel they have to. And then after it's over, then they start the 60-day clock, which is against the law, and in many cases falsify the report that follows it by giving a false date so nobody realizes that's happened. And that was discovered during a recent investigation where we learned that was the case. And therein lies the problem. We have a chief or former chief, I should say, of public integrity who has ordered her people to violate the law and then approved falsified reports. And that's extremely problematic. But what's more troubling, Tommy, 
is that during the interview, she admitted that this happens 99% of the time when they use the Special Investigation Squad, or SIS. And going back to 2010, when she was first installed, that's over 650 cases where they were ordered to violate the law. That's seriously problematic. And if you remember, we've been telling you all along that unethical and sometimes illegal practices in PIB is what's driving officers on, off this job, and this is the proof. These illegal and unethical pra- uh, practices with Public Integrity Bureau, those are not applied equally, I would guess. No, they're not. And that's the other problem is that depending upon who the individual is and what their relationship is to certain people in the department and or PIB itself, sometimes people are given a pass and other people are subject of having evidence either uh, fabricated or in some cases concealed and uh, eliminated or certain statements not taken from other officers just because it would be exculpatory so that they can get the outcome that they decided they wanted from the very beginning. Basically, we say it's an outcome looking for evidence. So they reach the conclusion, then they go back and try to, they reach a conclusion based on possibly favoritism, uh, possibly who's in a club, who's not in a club, and then from there they go back and try to build a case or at least uh, build a case whether it's real or not. That's exactly correct. Now, this doesn't happen every time. I don't mean to imply that it does, but it happens often enough, and we have evidence of that often enough, to where even once is a problem. This is the public integrity unit. This is the unit that is supposed to set the standard for integrity. You can't have that. You cannot have that. Who is behind all of this? Is it Arlinda Westbrook? Is somebody behind her pushing this? Because I can't imagine that Arlinda Westbrook would have an agenda of her own unless she was being pushed by somebody above her. Well, you know, I have no evidence of that whatsoever. I I do know that she made this happen. She controlled this, and ultimately the responsibility rests with her. So I have no evidence that anyone else knew or was aware of it or allowed it if they in fact knew. But I do know by her own admission she did it, and she was in charge, and she's been in charge from 2010 to to up until, uh, I guess it was, uh, what, October, November of, of last year. So we're talking about 12 years uh, of this. Kind of coincides with the attrition, doesn't it? Well, it's what's driving the attrition. Yep. You know, NOPD's own surveys indicated that PIB is the number one factor driving cops off. Their exit interviews have demonstrated that, and our interviews have demonstrated that. We've been saying that for a long time. I went before the city council and told them that last January that PIB is the number one issue, not pay, not anything else. It's PIB and those practices that are doing it, and here's the proof. Let me take a break. We'll pick it up here. We'll come back. We're talking to Captain Michael Glass, their president of PANO, 43 years on the job, I think it is, um, about the problems with the Public Integrity Bureau. When we come back, I want to find out who, who the officers think is running the department. Is it the mayor? Is it Chief Woodfork? No disrespect to her. And how important this search for a new candidate is or the hire of a new superintendent is. If you have any questions or comments, 504-260-1870. It's Valentine's Day, 720. Traffic now on WWL. 726, Tommy Tucker, WWL, talking to Captain Michael Glasser, president of Pano, about the problems with the Public Integrity Bureau and how that is the cause of officers leaving. People have been saying, he's been saying it for years and years. Surveys reveal it, and it seems like... 
now maybe everybody's starting to get it. Captain, who, who, among the the, um, the officers, who, who do you get the feel is running the department? And, and what about mayoral interference on that? And, and I got to bring up Officer Vappy because it seems as though she's telling people, the NOPD, not to cooperate with the investigation, which, put, which puts... If I'm an NOPD officer, that puts me between a you-know-what and a squat because then I don't know what to do, and I, I want to support my brother officer, but yet it's not right that somebody gets to turn in so much overtime and I don't because I'm friends with the mayor. Talk about all that, that, that Rubik's Cube, if you would. Okay, well, let me just say a couple things and address some of the questions you raised before the break. Sure. Uh, this all took place under previous superintendents, not Michelle Woodfork. Uh, okay. None of this happened uh, during her her tenure, which has been very, very short. But when we did bring this to the superintendent's attention, she did immediately initiate an audit of these reports to find out the extent and scope of some of these transgressions and to follow it up and, and fix it. Uh, so we're very pleased with that response. I have confidence that, that it's going to be done properly and I'm, I'm pleased with that response that we've gotten on it, and I think she'll do what needs to be done to fix this problem. The other part of this problem is that where were the consent decree monitors? They've been watching this department for 10 years. In fact, they gave PIB the highest marks possible and said they were in full compliance. How did this go on for 10 years without them knowing it, right under their nose, when we have brought it to the forefront many times and they've just ignored what we've told them? The IPM, the Independent Police Monitor, whose job it is also to monitor PIB, not a word. Not a word from them either. This has been going on for 10 years. This is not a one-off issue, this particular case. This has been ongoing for 12 years. I don't understand how that happens. What were the monitors monitoring? I don't get it. So what, so is, that, you what is that? Who, who, what's the motivation? I don't know, but I have a problem with that. What does that tell you going forward? Well, it tells me going forward is that what else are they not telling us and what else are they not, not doing? I don't know that I have confidence in their, in their conclusions in what they say is good and what they say isn't good. They said this is great. PIB has gotten high marks, 100% compliance. They're terrific for years. And we know that's not the case, and this is the proof. So what else are they saying that's not exactly correct? I have a problem with that. Now, as far as the other issue you brought up with, with, with the mayor and all, Mm -hmm. You know, I want to make it clear that the mayor chooses her security team. She chooses the people that are in it. She chooses the people who are out of it. And she decides when they work, how they work, where they work, how long they work, how many she needs. That's all decided by her. And whether it's uh, legitimate, whether it's uh, needed, you know, that's something that other people are going to have to look at and determine for themselves whether or not they felt it was a, a proper use of resources or not, but she makes all those decisions. And, you know, she's the boss. And what she says goes as long as she's the boss. So that's how that happened. And as far as uh, the NOPD investigating it, it's probably not the best agency to do that because they do work ultimately for the mayor. It's mm -hmm. going to be very uncomfortable to do that. This probably should have been farmed out to, if not the inspector general, at least the state police. They did that years ago with Chief Marlon DeFillo. Uh, they farmed out an investigation on him to the state police. This probably should have been done the same way. Thank you, Captain. I appreciate your thoughts. I really do. Captain Michael Glasser, president of PANA. We'll take a break, come back, talk about early education. February is early ed month. Right now it's time for WWL First News. For that, we go to Ian Ozan. 